Welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is a special report on e-commerce in India. Joining me on the call is Deepthi Chaudhary, Editor Enterprises from Forbes India who's anchored this issue. Hi Deepthi. Hi Abhishek, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And your opening article, now e-commerce, every year you can write a whole new angle to it. Now this time, the overview with which you start the special report is titled, Fighting the Froth. So what is uh, Forbes India's reading on the e-commerce industry in India, briefly? So the e-commerce industry has changed a lot over the last 18 months. You know, it's very rare that you see an industry, you know, growing so fast. So we thought it's a it's a good time to just see what is the next big thing in e-commerce. And we realized that, you know, growth is something that is a granted thing in e-commerce. But what is now happening is that when you have unicorns like a Flipkart uh, valued at 16 billion, you have Snapdeal there, a host of other companies, you start realizing that people are asking for a lot more than just growth. And when we started our reporting, and and, uh, this story took about a month, we heard people saying that it's no longer about growth. Now what we are looking for are higher margins and better unit economics. Because eventually the companies have to show a path to profitability. And are some of these companies showing that? Are, Are they on the path? What is your experience of interviewing venture capitalists who have pulled in billions of dollars so far? So, you know, there are some companies, some pockets of uh, e-commerce, which have better unit economics than the others. So, you know, when you look at vertical players like a pepper fry, they have better unit economics because they also have higher margins. But if you look at marketplaces models, unit economics is still little away. And also, one of the things that have happened, which is very crucial, is that while the big companies have some cash coffers, there are mid-scale companies that are not able to raise funding. So if you're looking at a 20 to $40 million funding, that is not happening in a hurry. So things are changing in terms of pace. Nobody is writing a big check in a hurry. Like This year, SoftBank has not written any big check. Tiger Global has not written a huge check this year. And SoftBank, just to give a perspective, last year they spent $1 billion in a month. Yes. What is happening is the pace of funding is slowing down. It's not easy to raise a big round. And if you don't show unit economics, in high likelihood you are not getting the valuation that you were getting. You will not see a tripling or a doubling of your valuation in four months. That's not going to happen. You mentioned a little something about uh, unicorns, uh, which loosely defined as valuations of one billion or more. Now, how is Indian unicorn different from a Western one? You know, it's not fair to compare India's unicorns with the unicorns of the U.S. And I'll give you the reason for that. If you look at the unicorns that we have in India, we have seven or eight of them. They are mostly copycat models. Frankly, we're just learning our lessons from the U.S. And investors are also learning their lessons from the U.S. They have seen the success of those models. And that's why they are pulling in money in India, thinking that they will be as big as they are in the U.S. So the comparison is is fair to the extent of the model replication. But will we see the same kind of success? We are not sure. Right. But at the same time, I think some inherent Indian characteristics of the e-commerce industry such that, for instance, you mentioned that 30% of all sales or revenues equals the logistics cost in India, whereas Amazon.com in the US, it's just 117 In 
China, Alibaba doesn't spend on shipping. That is the buyer and seller take care of it. So India in, in that case is a unique model in itself, right? Where logistics also is flourishing along with e-commerce uh, alongside. Yeah, India is different for certain reasons. So for example, the cash and delivery model is very unique to India because Indians were very scared of using their debit cards or credit cards online. There are certain aspects of e-commerce which are very unique to India. COD is one of them. Infrastructure is a big investment anywhere, but more so in India because our infrastructure per se is not up to the mark. So yes, Indian e-commerce companies are spending a lot of money on infrastructure because we do not have any other way of doing it. They have to create the infrastructure from their own end from the scratch. But what we will see increasingly in future is that now that so much invest has, investment has gone into infrastructure, probably in the next five years, things will be little better for them from that cost of delivery purpose. Right. That industry is flourishing in that uh, there is a, a profile on uh, delivery. Uh, Two lakh orders a day and it has raised about $127.5 million. So Pepper Fry, another example that you write about, 400 owned trucks deliver 1 lakh products to 400 cities. It's it's big, that, that bit of business too. And moving on, this app-only model, Deepthi, what do you make of it? Uh, many players have tried this. You have an essay on the whole subject of e-commerce players shunning online, going on the app. What has been their experience and how does it look in the near future, according to them? If you just look at in the last six months, I think app became the most important, most talked about word in e-commerce industry. Everybody was just talking about apps. And, and companies went to the extent of saying they'll have an app-only strategy. But app-only does not work in several ways. For example, your phone, maybe it has five pages. And if your app is on the fourth page, there is a high likelihood that you are not going to access it very frequently. So the problem with app is the real estate on the phone. So if I don't have the app on my first page, my usage or my memory of having that app goes down. So how many apps can you really have on your first page? You can have an Uber because that's a service. You need it every day. But for others, you may not have that kind of real estate. And companies have very quickly realized it. What we gather from our experts is that, you know, while app is a good idea for certain categories, it's not a good idea for all categories. What now companies are looking at is a mobile site. So you may be on the go, but as long as you have a handset and you have access to internet, you can still do your shopping on your handset, but not on the app. So while app is important for certain companies, the mobile site is the most important thing right now for Forbes. Yes, fair enough, because here Flipkart is not competing just with Snapdeal, but with uh, Ola, Uber, even uh, Candy Crush for that matter, because those are the ones that you have on the front page, some people right. do. Now, Deepthi, one of the more interesting stories, or one of my favorites in this uh, special is e-commerce in Pakistan, which is barely a fraction of uh, Indian market, and it's, it's growing. Uh, could you briefly tell us what you have learned? We got this column done by two of our experts, uh, Vishnarayan and Mayank Singhal. And they are frankly in a position to tell us more about Pakistan because they have been there. They are investors and they have been there. So what is very interesting about Pakistan is the demographics. So if you look back, one of the most attractive aspects of India has been the demography and the growth. In Pakistan, the demographic advantage is even more, right? So they have a lot more younger people than us. Lahore is buzzing with a lot of business ideas. Uh, just like Bangalore was 
several years ago. It's a country where a lot of innovation is happening and can happen provided there is enough support from outside investors. In India, a lot of innovation has been backed by investors from the US. That is not what is happening in Pakistan right now. Right. There is only one angel investor of some significance there. But yet you have startups like Eatoe, much like Zomato, which is tied up with some 700 odd restaurants for doing food deliveries. Uh, the, the last one, Dipti, there is, in spite of all the talk of profitable growth, there is a lot of money to be made, right? Because historically, e-commerce has paid off in countries like, let's say, like China, where SoftBank, you write, it started with $20 million and it made returns of $58 billion last year. Again, in Diwali, Snapdeal had 300 orders per second. So people are buying, uh, the ones who thought earlier that, you know, touch and feel of a tomato was more important than buying it online. People are buying that too. So there is money to be made. You know, e-commerce needs to be seen as any other very strong industry. The macroeconomic factors favor it. Investors love it. So frankly, it's, a, it's an industry that can probably only go up. And if you look at how companies like an Amazon have fared, it's a huge success story. It is today a $225 billion company. It's as good as an industry in itself. So Money can be made, the companies can go public. Alibaba is public. It has given massive, massive returns to its investors. And the difference is that it waited 15 years, whereas our, some of our players might not wait that long. They, they might just go online the next four or five years on, on IPO. Yeah. On that note, it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much, Dipti, for your time. Thank you so much, Abhishek. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, just message Forbes to 51818.